0: Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink Software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at mathworks.com. WBUR Podcasts, Boston.
1: Oh man, you guys, before we get started today, I just want to say I love Endless Thread listeners so much because when we dig deep into tunnel content, you dig deeper. Thank you to everyone who has written us, and there have been a lot of you, about Colin Furs, the YouTuber in the UK. Will we do an episode on Colin in the future after the two tunnel episodes we recently put together? Maybe. Maybe. But right now, we're going to take a little tunnel recess. Julian, it's so nice
0: to talk to you again. Oh my gosh, what a pleasure to talk to you again. Meet Julian. How's New York? Fantastic. Beautiful. I actually don't think I've seen the sun in four days. Oh man. Right? But I don't need that, actually. You don't need the sun. No. Forget this, son. That's Who not cares? important to me. <laughs> I, have a, I have my sun lamp. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need those at this time of year. I don't actually have one of those. I just have a sunny disposition. <laughs> <laughs> Julian is a comedian, but he's also... The host and creator
1: of the online kids show, Recess Therapy. Can you define online kids show? Like, How do you think about that?
0: Well... Honestly, that isn't the most accurate description of it, because it is a show that features children that is honestly aimed at kind of an all-ages audience. But my show is one where I interview children about all sorts of interesting things. What do you think about gas prices? Too expensive. But kind of the main topics that I come back to are kind of problems that adults... In their early twenties, are dealing with, and I um, ask kids about how they can solve them and what insight they have. Do you guys talk about your feelings ever?
1: Yeah, of course, because like it's like a friend group, and we gotta like share stuff. And when one of them is like having a bad time, I just hug them and make them make them feel comfortable. A lot of adults die from- You're listening to Endless Thread. We're coming to you from WBUR, Boston's NPR station today. Recess Therapy. Julian and I aren't old friends, but we have talked before. He came to WBUR's city space for a live event, and there Julian told me about how he started recess therapy during the pandemic to counteract some of the existential dread and dismay we were all feeling. When it feels like there's no hope, look to the group of people where hope springs eternal.
0: You gotta work hard and play hard. You gotta do whatever you need to do. to earn money, live your life, and also chill and also have your, your things that you want to do, too.
1: If you haven't seen Julian's show, that is a surprise. Recess Therapy is very popular on Instagram and YouTube. The videos of kids are adorable and sometimes pretty deep. Since Julian and I last spoke, his star has risen even further. He's worked with the likes of Maya Rudolph, Olivia Rodrigo. Do you have any advice on like how to s- search for someone that you feel that-, that way about? Look at
0: everybody around you. Okay. And then what? Pick a person that looks kind.
1: Julian has been on the red carpet of the Golden Globes.
0: We're at the Golden Globes talking to anybody who will stop to talk to us. Has it been fun? Yeah! Uh, well, I hope but I've been wanting to 30
1: talk 30 to 30 times times him again about this video, which was filmed in 2022, more than a year after Julian started recess therapy. So I want to talk about, at least last I knew, one Mm. of the most famous videos. The Corn Kid? (laughs) The Corn Kid. Corn Kid. Is it called Corn Kid? Is that what everyone
0: calls it? Corn Kid? He is Tariq the Corn Kid. Tariq the Corn Kid. I'll put his name in there. All right. Because he's more than just the Corn Kid.
1: For me... I really like cones. And if somehow you missed the original video, you most definitely heard the song posted to TikTok a few days later by the Gregory Brothers, the autotune the news guys who Endless Thread covered actually in our meme series a few years back. They take viral videos of people and turn them into songs. It's cold! This ended up being maybe the most viewed video on the internet that summer. It was a big moment. You had the hit of the summer. We had the hit of the summer. I can tell you all about it.
0: But Julian says this video started out with a simple concept. The funny thing was I was like going on vacation in three days and I didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to talk about. So in kind of a you know, maybe stroke of genius or being lazy. I was asking kids what they just liked, (laughs) like things they just really enjoyed. But I saw a little boy holding a corn on a stick and he was just grinning. And (laughs) I was like, I gotta know the story here. And then six minutes later, we had this really funny, sweet interview with him. Do you think everyone should be eating corn?
1: Everyone has to like it to be the best. Yeah. Everyone just has to try it. Have a bake. How involved were you with how the video was edited?
0: My editor, Will Halbert, he and I, like, we have a really beautiful, special relationship. We'll, like, hop on a call and tweak a million things, and it becomes some meld of both of our creative voices. But, like... He had sent me like a cut of it because I was literally leaving the country. I was going on vacation. This was a very like last minute kind of one video before I got out the door. Mm. Um, And he was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, oh, it's amazing. Just completely change the order. Put this part here, this part here, this part here. All right, I got to get on a plane. And he was like, got it, I'll do that. And then I posted it from like a Wi-Fi cafe in Madrid and (laughs) like turned my phone off. But you know, I checked my phone a day and a half later and it really was everywhere, which was very exciting and surprising.
1: At the time, how many views were you getting, like,
0: on your average video? We we were rarely getting under a million. Like, maybe the most we'd ever gotten was, like, a... I think we had gotten something with, like, 20 million views once, and that like had blown my mind. Uh, but this was, like, something else. And then um, the Gregory Brothers made the song of it, What do you like about corn? It's cool. I can tell you all
1: about it. I mean, look at this.
0: Thing. Which then created, it gave the thing its a a whole life of its own because mm. this song became the song, and then it was it was everywhere. I mean, this video I think has like six billion views across videos. It's like some wild number. So like the po- um, the
1: population of the earth of views. Truly,
0: uh, a little less, but almost.
1: But it wasn't just Julian who was all over the internet. Tariq, already known as the corn kid, was everywhere too. And Julian told me that he felt responsible for that.
0: I remember getting on the phone with his mom for the very first time. She like had DM'd me and she was like, hey, can we talk? And I was like, yes, I also need to speak with you about this. Because um, I felt like we needed to commiserate for a minute. And we were both like, yeah, uh... So, no, I, you know, I've never, uh, this is very new to both of us. I, uh, like, I was just like, so, I was like, I don't know how to help you. Are out. you okay? I, I'm okay. Are you okay? Like, it, yeah. Because she was like, what did you do? And I was like, I didn't do this. Like, this never happened before. I've been doing this for years. Did she end up feeling good about it? I think it is hard to be on the internet no matter who you are, especially uh, a parent whose child is on the internet because the internet as beautiful as it is, is a truly awful place, and people will eventually, without fail, say something negative, which no parent wants their child to be exposed to. It is hard, in some way, to have a show that is kids on the internet. Yes, But she and I talked through it a lot. We talked about, like, how to censor comments, where we would turn off comments, like, how to include her and loop her in. And press and stuff like that, we were really careful about, like, I still don't think their last name is, like, connected to any, like, they were very much like, let's be careful with how we handle this moment, and mm. she and I worked on that together.
1: Tariq has been on the Drew Barrymore show, he's been named South Dakota's corn ambassador, he's been to movie premieres and on the Broadway stage to introduce Shucked, the musical. He's almost a million followers on TikTok,
0: but he hasn't forgotten the little people. I went to his eighth birthday party. That was very sweet. Did you really? I did, yeah. He did like a um, food drive. We organized and put together like bags of food to redistribute to people. The corn kid is a true gem. He has a lovely family. He's a lovely guy. And he's more than just the corn guys. He's got depth. The kernels run deep.
1: Any other thoughts on just kind of internet fame for kids and
0: parents and like families? I'll say this. I think it's ironic that I put kids on the internet and I'm very critical of it. That's why what I do kind of works because I think I'm incredibly careful, or at least I really, really try to be. And like, I've had multiple parent phone calls in the past two weeks because we've had two kind of big, big clips recently, just like talking about it, talking through it. Like, if we had a video go uber viral and a parent wanted me to take it down, I would take it down without asking any questions. Like, I really feel strongly about that. I've had parents say to me, like, I'm thinking about starting Instagram for my kid. And I think my response is usually, like, if they are really excited about it, like, 100%, as long as the passion and the interest is coming from the one who's going to be, like, on camera. On the whole, I feel like, wait, like, social media is complicated. It's hard for adults to navigate. I can't imagine trying to navigate it as a kid. I think as a rule, it is good to be very cautious just because people are the worst sometimes and you want to be careful with that
1: in a minute more about Julian's own childhood with five parents in New York City Tell me a little bit about how you grew up.
0: I, you know, come from a big queer family. I have a lot of gay parents, which is really cool. And what was cool about it was I had like all these adult figures who were like down to clown and down to hang out with me and indulge me and like listen to me talk Mm -hmm. uh, and have kind of adult conversations with me, which I really try to bring the energy that my parents brought to me into these interviews. Yeah, that seems like a clear through line from... Can I read you something? Yes, I would love that. My mom found this little thing that she wrote about me that is so funny. It's like one sentence. The background of this is, like, I think I've always just loved talking to strangers. Like, that was a really big part of my childhood. Like, talking to people has just been in my nature since I was very young. But my mom wrote this about me. I don't know what you'll do in life, but I hope you use your gift for connecting with people. It's truly unique. I compare you, I am your mother, with Bill Clinton. Yes, the president. (laughs) <laughs> he, he seems a person who really recharges from social interactions. He thrives off them. And you are the same, which is, <laughs> is so funny that my mom. That's like, like
1: hardcore woo. mom energy right there. I know. She, yes, she loves <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> but I think it speaks to just that I was a very, I was empowered to um, be a confident, talkative kid. And now I try to empower other kids to be talkative mm. kids. And my favorite thing, and if you're listening to this and you're a parent who I've said this to, really, I mean it. I love to tell parents to to put their kids in improv classes. I started doing improv in the fourth grade. I recently reconnected with my childhood improv teachers, Mike and Laura, who still teach at PSU 21. And they changed my life forever. And I think like improv and... Indulging a child's uh, desire to be funny publicly uh, will only help them in the long run in terms of public speaking and like creativity and play. Um, So that's a big thing I like to tell parents to do. Hmm. Can you um, speak
1: more specifically about what a whole bunch of gay parents means?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have three moms and two dads. I had two moms and they were dating. They asked my dad to be the sperm donor. He has a husband, my other dad. My mom's broke up when I was two and met other partners. My mom, Lauren, has had like a couple partners, but my other mom has had one consistent one, my other mom, Sophia. So it's five consistent parents uh, my entire life, and it's been th- the best thing ever. I love it. Did that ever get complicated when you were like trying
1: to get one of them to say yes to something that the other one said no to <laughs>
0: no it was clear who could grant permission for things but I always joke <laughs> that if asked each parent for $20 I'd have a lot of money but I, d- I never did that nor would they give me $20 um, no it was fun it was like weird I like until I was 11 I had to go between three houses in a week which I honestly don't remember ever being stressed about but as an adult I'm like that sounds awful but I don't think as a kid like it was all I knew like you, you know it, you, when you have unique upbringing it, it's not unique because it's your norm.
1: Julian has always been proud of his queer family and his queer identity. And he has some fierce feelings about homophobic accusations when it comes to queer people not bringing positive intent to the way that they interact with kids. Those accusations get leveled at queer people often and also just generally men.
0: Even in just me saying what my job is, like talking to kids, there is this like joke that is made over and over again about it, which I hate, um, and is like, uncomfortable. I think that, like, there's this long history of kids show hosts being, like, labeled as things that they are not, because I think it it is, like, you know, homophobia and, like, X, Y, and Z. Also, I will say, like, does come from a real place. Like, men do really awful, horrible things. And, mm-hmm. like, I think people are right to be, I, I like that the pendulum is swinging in the direction of us being more careful than not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it like is complicated because you lose these things, like elementary school teachers, like not being able to be affectionate with their students, which I think is like a complicated thing. Yeah. Um, but like ultimately, like I said, I think it is better for us to be more careful than less careful around children mm-hmm. in terms of the like groomer homophobia discourse about this stuff like that that what upsets me so much as somebody who like comes from a queer family like grew up going to pride parades like this community is it's not even worth talking about it's nothing but like a welcoming kind place mm-hmm. um children should be engaging in conversations about their gender knowing about sexuality because the thing is like kids are being taught what a norm is and inherently in explaining that they're being exposed to a type of person and a type of sexuality and gender identity i think more information is always better i think there's a right way to have these conversations and you know these are conversations that parents or educators should be having i've done two episodes at pride which are two of my favorite episodes i've ever made Very hard to do. I did it very carefully. The parents were sitting next to us. We were really just asking kids like about love and like why kind of like baseline love is love vibes, like why it's important to, um, Mm. you know, celebrate anybody being able to be with each other. Why was it hard to do at
1: Pride? That part confuses me to say more about that.
0: The backlash to those episodes was really hard to face. It was enough so that I did not do an episode on Pride this year because oh my uh, God. source material. So, yep. like, if I post a video, like, people's thoughts are right there on it.
1: You must have to moderate stuff pretty aggressively.
0: Yeah, and the stuff I was reading, I would. There was no world where I wanted the kids to read it. And the first two years, I like gave my friends the login to the account to help me delete, block, and monitor. And just this year, I was like, honestly it it is not worth the trouble
1: and it seems sad to me
0: yeah no it's super sad it's th- but that that being said like you know i'm at the beginning of my career i hope to be able to have or i hope to like continue this project and search for like giving kids like a platform and talking to kids about bigger complicated issues and social media might not always be the place that it lives so i feel like i might wait to have those conversations until it's maybe in a little bit less of a social media sphere (laughs) yeah (laughs) where people won't be able to put their ideas right on the video
1: i guess at least on youtube you can turn off comments right
0: exactly you can turn off comments on anything but like you know, people share and write and like mm. DM and I, you know, in terms of safety, it just wasn't, it wasn't feeling right. Mm.
1: What does like age appropriate mean to you?
0: Um, I don't or does It doesn't mean anything I, <laughs> to me, to me, it's it honestly like, I think people uh, decide things are not age appropriate when in a lot of instances, kids are like already having those conversations and thoughts and like, what it does is I think age-appropriate ends up stigmatizing in a lot of ways. Uh Um, Things that, like, should not be stigmatized. Kind of a benign example is, like, when is it appropriate to talk to kids about how bad of a state the environment is? I don't know. It's pretty bad. They're already talking about it and asking about it. So, like, to me, there doesn't really feel like a right age because I feel like the second they're aware of it, like, that's the age. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, but then on the other hand, I love how beholden kids are to their G PG PG 13 ratings. Like kids <laughs> love to not watch a PG 13 movie because they're not 13 yet. Um,
1: <laughs> I it always comes up. They should do more of those for other ages.
0: I know I want more movie <laughs> ratings. Like I want, I want to be able to, I want to watch a PG 24 movie. <laughs> totally. I'm not ready for PG twenty four.
1: As I recall, you you really you started this essentially during the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And it was born a little bit out of that crisis. Mm -hmm. You're several years in now, and you've sort of like this has become your vocation. But I wonder how you think about, for lack of a better term, like spiritual nourishment that comes Mm -hmm. from children. Mm-hmm. And like what you have learned from children about nourishing your spirit, if that's if that makes any sense as a phrase.
0: No, totally. I mean, I think I could honestly, and I was thinking about this a lot the other day, take my own advice or take the kid's advice like a lot more than I do. Mm. Um, because other people do and tell me about it and it sounds great. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I talked to, I, I have a therapist personally And my therapist and I talk a lot about what the kids say. Do you really? Yeah, we do. Well, I like I fill him in. I think he's he's a fan of the show. I've been seeing him since before I even started the show. But like I try to take a step back sometimes and like really listen to the things that I'm being told. And that's hard to do. I
1: feel like we spend a lot of our time thinking of children as like humans in training or like humans Mm -hmm. that need to be trained. And I think that way all the time. And also like Mm -hmm. when I'm, more sort of like honest and at peace with myself Mm -hmm. more often i am like i must learn from this child i think that's the (laughs) way it's the opposite
0: i really do i really do like i said like uh society is the the issue we we are born kind of perfect and i do feel that way a little bit i do
1: Julian, thank you so much for spending some more time with me.
0: Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for I love I love being interviewed by you. So good.
1: Endless Thread is a production of WBUR in Boston. If you want early tickets to events like the one I did with Julian, if you want swag bonus content, you can find it all at WBUR.org slash Endless Thread. This episode was produced by Grace Tatter and hosted by me, Ben Brock Johnson, mix and sound design by Emily Jankowski and Paul Vikas. The rest of our team is Samata Joshi, Matt Reed, Dean Russell, and Amory Sievertson. And by the way do yourself a favor. If you're looking for some joy, check out Recess Therapy on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. It'll brighten your day. All right. See you next week.